Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to P25CL Galaxy Talk Radio. I am your host, Rosalind Jordan-Mills, and welcome to Rosalind's Corner. Uh, Tonight, um, you know, we have uh, great shows that goes on. We have great guests that come on our shows, um, and I want to invite you to go to www.t25cl.com and download uh, the great music that's on our website with uh, independent music artists, I mean, great music that you would love to listen to, Uh, T25CL. I always say we're an innovative company where we do global distribution for independent artists. We have a platform for them to distribute their music for the world to hear. Uh, We have great guests that come on our radio shows, uh, five radio shows, five days a week, man, you know what, it's great. We have such great guests on Monday nights with Compton Politics, Tuesday nights with uh, Straight Talk from the Higher Brush with, uh, of course, Miss Barbara McGee and our host Rodney, our co-host Rodney Best. Now, of course, my show on Wednesday. And, of course, Thursdays we've got the show with uh, Dr. Nanana Cueco, Corey Jeffries with Soul Vibrations, uh, and, of course, Wrapping it up with my sister Sandra Keys on Friday with Keys to the Kingdom. You know, we have great times, great topics. And then, look, if you want us to discuss something that you're really concerned with in this world, which I know you are, there's a lot of us out there who are concerned about what's going on in the nation today, I invite you to just join us or just, uh, you know, go on to our, our website and register. Register and, you know, and put some comments in there so that we know exactly what your concerns are, what you want to talk about, okay? Because we are open, all right? Well, you know, tonight um, we're going to have a few callers calling in. Um, but, you know, I wanted to discuss what it is to be a Mason. Um, I know my father was a Mason, so I am a daughter of a Mason before he passed. Um, but you ask your question, but what is a Mason? Uh, that's not a surprising question, even though Masons or Freemasons are members of the largest and oldest fraternity in the world. And even though almost everyone in their family has had a father or a grandfather or uncle or nephew who was a Mason, and many, many people aren't uh, quite certain just who Masons are, but the answer is it's quite simple. See, a Mason or a Freemason is a member of a fraternity known as Masonry or Freemasonry. Uh, a fraternity is a group of men, just like a sorority is a group of women, who join together of like-mindedness. And they join together because of three things. They are... 
uh, a thing that they want to do in the world. They are things that they want to do inside their own mind. Uh, they enjoy being together with men they like and respect, or women they like and respect. Well, these, in this case, masonry are men. So masonry or Freemasonry is the oldest fraternity in the world. No one knows just how old it is because the actual origins have been lost in time. And probably it arose from the guilds of stonemasons who built the castles and cathedrals of the Middle Ages. Uh, and then it says that possibly they were influenced by the Knights of the Templar, which is a group of Christian warriors who, and they were monks who formed uh in 1118, to help protect pilgrims making trips to the Holy Land. In 1770, 1717, I'm sorry, Masonry created a formal organization in, in England when the first Grand Lodge was formed. Now, a Grand Lodge is the administrative body in charge of the Masonry in some geographical area. Uh, but in the United States, uh, there is a grand large in which each state and the District of Columbia. So in Canada, there is a grand large in each province. Local organizations of Masons are called lodges, and they are lodges in most towns and large cities. Usually you have several. There are about 13,200 lodges in the U.S., so let's delve into what this special fraternity is all about. Now, I want you to join me, those you call in, okay? And uh, we're going to have people call in to, to tonight. I know we're going to have, uh, I know, Lisa, is that you from calling from New York who's trans, trans, translated here to California? Yes, it's me. All right, all right, Lisa. Well, we're going to go into this because, uh, like I was mentioning, you know, my dad, your grandfather was a mason, and I still have his ring, a uh, mason ring. I still have his sash that they wore at their meeting. But many people have asked certain uh, individuals, what does it really mean to be a mason? Now, the very best answer that anyone can give uh, or that they have read uh, was uh, an answer that was prepared by the Masonic Awareness Committee of the Grand Lodge of Massachusetts. Um, and so to, to the best of, of this individual's knowledge, it, can't, it contains no copyright mark. But if after reading it and you're interested, they always ask, you know, if you want to join, you want to join. But let's, let's go into it. What it means to be a Mason. Now, the membership in the Brotherhood of Masons means so many things. It means being a part of an unbroken tradition that stretches over almost over 500 years to a time where guilds of Freemasons travel throughout Europe, laying the stones uh, to the great Gothic cathedrals. Great Gothic cathedrals. There, you know, a lot of them still stand today. It means sharing the values of our nation's founding fathers. Now, men who believe in the brotherhood of man were firmly rooted in the Constitution of the United States and that of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It means becoming a better person while helping to improve the quality of life for others. But we're going to delve into that, okay? It means forming a deep and lasting friendship 
that transcends the boundaries of race, religion, and culture, as well as those geographically. But most of all, it says that being a Mason means the kind of deep satisfaction that comes only from selfless giving, from doing for others without asking or expecting anything in return, sharing the, 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 the traditions of the other founding fathers. Uh, so it goes on to talk about the Masons how they were uh, so very active in Massachusetts, even before 1733, which was the year the first uh, provincial Grand Lodge of Masons were formed by a, a gentleman named Henry Price. Uh, today, the Grand Lodge in Boston remains the oldest continuously operating Masonic organization in the Western Hemisphere, y'all, okay? In its early years, Masonry numbered among its members some of the nation's most influential citizens. Among them was George Washington, Henry Knox, Benjamin Franklin, John Hancock, and Paul Revere. In Massachusetts, many of those who participated in the Battle, the battle of Lexington and Concord and the Battle of Bunker Hill were Masons. Many of the patriots or the patriots who participated in the Boston Tea Party were believed to be Masons and others, such as Dr. Joseph Warren, who was a grand master, sacrificed their lives in the struggle for independence from British rule. So the values that were important then such as loyalty, patriotism, uh, liberty, courage, and faith are just as important to those who are the Masons today. So the principles upon which these these, this country was founded were deeply embedded in the Mason, uh, in, into a Masonic uh, tradition, okay? Um, so basically, uh, to most of the world's great religious uh, a great religion is the belief in what some might call the old-fashioned values of honesty, fair play, and, and unselfishness in dealing with others. But, you know, there are a lot of people who have a different take on what it is to be a Mason. Uh, it says, like, having friends wherever you go. Uh, who becomes a mason? Anyone or everyone uh, can be, become a mason, mason. You know, an accountant, a businessman, a teacher, a contractor. Anyone. Masons come from all walks of life and all levels of income. Uh, they re represent every race, creed, and culture. In masonry, it doesn't matter whether a man is a bricklayer or a physician, a waiter or, or the mayor of a city. All are equal footing in the lodge room. But we're gonna delve into that. Because in my study of the Masons, it does differ uh, just a little bit. So, Lisa, I'm gonna uh, um, I'm gonna go into you because I know you might have some some studies or what you have found when it comes to being a Mason. What have you found? Well, actually, the more I looked, the more I confused I got. So I really didn't get too far, but I did notice that. 
it is a like a group of men who come together for I guess a specific purpose and and there's some little a wording that you used earlier that made it <clears throat> seem like um it really isn't for black people, maybe like the founding fathers um created it and you said it's according to the constitution and written in that constitution somewhere states that we're three fifths of a human, so I'm a little confused. Like I said, the more I dig, the more questions I have. Yes, yes. And I was the same way. Um, Because when I delve more deeply into the Masons and what this organization really is, I found that in this organization, it's separate. There is a separation. It says separate but equal brotherhood. Now let me let me explain this because this is what I found out. And like you said, you know you find a lot of stuff going on when you talk about the Masons. My father, like I said, my father was a Mason. I remember Prince Albert Hall. I remember that. I even remember Prince Albert Tobacco. <laughs> okay, but let me take this from a different perspective because this is what I found out. And, and, and a gentleman who was a, who was a brother, um, um, African American, who was part, who was a part of the Masons, but no longer. Okay, now let, let's find, let's, let's let's delve into this from his aspect, or from his point of view of this. Okay, but he says that uh, uh, that I'm not sure if you are or ever were a member of a fraternity or a sorority or not. But nevertheless, is what he said. I am sure you would agree that by the very definition of the term, the idea of racially segregated fraternity or sorority is an oxymoron. If you don't already know about it, well, let me bring to your attention such a phenomenon, which has existed in the United States for more than two and a half centuries, even probably more than that. And consistent, it continues to exist in America to this very day. See, most people have heard of the Masonic Order, which, in other words, is Freemasons or Masons, or at the time described as lodges. Remember, I mentioned that earlier, they are lodges. But he says, I suspect most people are unaware of its racial dichotomy. For those who are not aware of it, and to fully understand how it happened and why it continues today, it says, allow me to provide a little background, okay? Before, but before doing so, he said, let me state up front that uh, he speaks firsthand, uh, firsthand experience uh, as a former Mason of Prince Hall affiliation, which was a black Freemason in America, which he was no longer uh, an active member, okay? But having resigned primarily because of its religious teachings, which conflicted with biblical Christianity, but however, the racism in Freemasonry is also another significant reason why this individual left. Okay? Now, Freemasonry, it arrived in America, like I said earlier, by way of British colonialism in the 18th century during a time when slavery was legal and racial attitudes were clearly not what they are today. One of the requirements to join a Mason a Masonic Lodge was to be freeborn. 
not a slave, or the, the descendants of slaves. Now, for this reason, although some slaves at the time earned their freedom, they were not welcome to be part of the fraternity. While brotherly love, relief, and truth are supposed to be the three keys on which the lodge was founded, Masons were a, what he states, hypocritical to the Masonic order of that day, as were the drafters of the Declaration of Independence, which I mentioned, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, Henry Knox, and uh, Paul Revere, all of them were Masons, and some of whom were Masons themselves, like I mentioned earlier. So even though this declaration was based uh, upon a certain truth that all men are created equal and are entitled to certain unalienable rights, that the government should never take away, history tells us that obviously didn't apply to slaves, didn't apply to black folks, okay? Free, let's put that word free. These rights included life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but as we know, not for the black man. Herein lays the irony on which our country was founded and the hypocrisy of the Masonic world order or the world view of the quote-unquote brotherhood of man. Now, just from that, stating that from, the free, from, from being a slave and people giving their positive view of what it is to be a mason. What do you? What is your take on that, Lisa? What do you think that that's really? They're really stating that because when I read earlier, I feel that that was from uh, uh, you know a Caucasian or a white man's view of what it was to be uh, um, a mason. You know what it was to become a mason. Anyone and everybody was was able to become a mason. But I think, uh, and I know from my um, you know um, delving into this that it did not apply to black people. What do you think? Well, I think you hit it the, the nail on the head, and that's why each lodge had their own specific members. Although they all called themselves uh, Freemasons, they all had come together for different specific purposes and had something in common. And it didn't necessarily mean that because you were a Freemason uh, and you were born a free black man that you would be able to join a lodge that was predominantly uh, white males. Mhm, mhm. Exactly, exactly. So, so uh, interestingly, though, while there were no men of color among the Freemasons prior to 1775, on March 6th, hey, my birthday, of that year of 1775, 15 African Americans who were free men, they were not slaves were initiated into the Freemasons by a gentleman named Sergeant John Bratt of the Irish Military Lodge Number 441, which was attached to the 38th uh, foot of the British Army, Army one year uh, before the signing of the before the signing of the Declaration of Independence. So someone from Ireland, okay that, okay, African-Americans, you're African-Americans, you want to form your own free nation. So among them was a man who would become the first master, Masonically speaking, of course, none, none pun intended there, 
and is now immortalized by African-American Masons. His name, like I mentioned before, was Prince Hall. And this group of African-American Masons located in Boston became uh, and began meeting uh, as a lodge and was formally charted by England in 1784 as African Lodge Number 459. So before that happened, before 1775, okay, um, they, they, they said, okay, someone from Ireland, not here in the colony, said, black man, you're a free man, you can form your own lodge. What does that say to you from our history? That even back then, you know, black men had uh, um, uh, influence on people of different nations saying, we are a free man, this is what we want to do with our lives. What do you think about that, Lisa? And I think we have another call online. Oh, is that Miss Alex? Is that you, Alex, on the line? I know you call us New Jersey. Oh, is she just listening? All right, no problem, no problem. Uh, Lisa, are you there? Okay. Hi. Yes, hi, this is Alex. Sorry, I was having some problems with my phone. Oh, <laughs> well, welcome, Alex. Uh, we're talking about... How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How about yourself, my sister? Are you good? I'm good, I'm good. Good topic tonight, by the way. I, I know, I know. Uh, I hope Chief gets on the line and, uh, you know, chimes in uh, on this because uh, let me ask you, what was your take or your investigation um, regarding what is your knowledge of Freemasons? Because I got to tell earlier to my listening audience that uh, my dad was a Mason. Yes. I still have his ring. I still have his Mason sash that they wore. Um, as a young child, um, I don't remember really um, um, anything about Masons. I think that was something that my dad uh, kept from us as a family, not really giving us um, a whole lot of uh, insight into the Masons because I knew that he would go to these meetings. They had a lodge, and he would talk about the lodge, that they would meet downtown uh, Newburgh or, or other places that they would have a lodge. And, um, but that was about it. I loved his ring. Uh, I always loved that ring. He always wore it on the ring finger. And he wore his sash, and he had that little hat. Um, but, you know, as little kids, we, we, don't, we don't know. We don't understand what that is. Uh, but I know that he was a Mason. Um, and I know that he had friends who were Masons. And so when you think about that, you know, um, being a, a Mason, uh, I'm a daughter of a Mason, not really understanding, but let me ask you this. What was your take on it? What, what did you think about, you know, when you, uh, what your understanding is, what it is to be a Mason? Well, when I was younger, I um, just looked at it as a really secret thing because that's what it was, um, you know, that's what I saw, some very secretive bunch of people. And, you know, it was all men. And they... Um, they went to this place, so that was my that was my basic knowledge. And then, you know, I did some investigation uh, regarding the Masons just to understand um, their history. 
And apparently um, they, they're like a branch from, you know, before the 250-something years that they've been in existence in the United States, they were a branch uh, supposedly of the Knights of Templar, um, really dealing in a lot of ritualistic things. Um, what I did find out was uh, Prince Hall Masons were the black segment of the Masonic Lodge, right? And then there were also Blue Hall Masons. And um, the Blue Hall Masons were uh, kind of like the white section of the um, Masonic Lodge in the United States. And in their doctrine, they say that they don't discriminate against people based on color. It's not a color thing that you have to have three criteria meet three criteria to be a Mason, which is um, one, being between the ages of 18 and 21, uh, two, being a person of faith, um, you know, believing in the supreme being or God, and a uh, third thing is to be loyal to your country, right? That was the American's version of the qualifications to become a Mason. Um, I know that in the South, from what I read, there were segregation, um, a lot of segregated lodges down there, and if someone of, of color attempted to uh, join the lodge, they would tell them simply that, uh, you know, there's a Prince Hall Lodge in such and such a town, you'll fit better in there without outwardly just saying, you know, we don't accept your kind here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the research that I did on on the Masons and what I found out, and then looking into their symbol, um, that they, some of the rituals that they practice are around the symbols that they have, like the protractor to be erect and strong, and uh, another piece to be the foundation. So all those symbols mean, mean something. Um, and I guess to me, when I when I take a look back and reflect at what I what I found out, I, it looks like a fraternity of people who come together. Um, c- kind of like a brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why I was mentioning earlier. That's what it. That's what it is. Is a, is a fraternity. But 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 you know, since then, I, now I wanted to delve into this because we're going into the history. Then we'll bring it forward because once once we had Prince Hall, who started the the masonry there in Boston, um, and he formed that charter, uh, that lodge that was uh, was formally chartered by England. Uh, in 1784, but since then, during uh, due to slavery and racial segregation, the descendants of of African Lodge were left with no choice but to develop a sec a separate Grand Lodge system, which uh, known today as Prince Hall Masonry. And if you mention Prince right. Hall Masonry, you know that that is uh, black only. Unfortunately, though, racial feelings of that era caused Freemasonry for African-American men to develop independently. So they started doing their own lodge. While, while they were um, those among the rank and file of the white Masons who would deny the legitimacy of Prince Hall, uh, um, who, you know, later on we find that was um, just had to do with the blacks. Uh, Prince Hall Grand Lodges uh, had the exact same belief, uh, follow the same rituals, uh, continue the same attendance and, and teachings uh, of all quote-unquote regular Freemasons throughout the world. But in fact, the United Grand Lodge of England 
generally recognized as the mother of all masonry, saw fit in 1784, September, to grant Prince Hall Masonry a warrant, which is a, or which is called a charter of dispensation, uh, allowing them to officially operate in America. See, before that, they weren't really officially operating in America, but they were recognized. Yet there are lodges in this country that refuse to this day to accept the United Grand Lodge of England's acknowledgement that Prince Hall Masons are a legitimate hall and still continue to bar black men, black Masons, from entering their lodge room, which was the other lodges, you know, because what, that's what lodges are. All the lodges, you're supposed to be able to go into any lodge and be recognized as a Mason or a Freemason. But because Prince Hall, which was developed for free black men, was developed for free black men, the racism that took place back then, and they say even now, they are not allowed to come into those lodges. So in discussing the reasons of the racial dichotomy of the Freemasons, it's a great detail. Uh, We would like to approach it from a standpoint of there are five essential doctrines of the Masons' faith, which they call the Landmarks 4, 14, 16, 18, and 22. And they delve with the different, what they call the Landmarks or the doctrines of the Masons. And it's something that we find here that is difficult to say because you, you, you're looking at it, it's supposed to be for equality, liberty, and equality, and justice for all, okay? It, that's, what it's supposed, that's what it was initially founded on. But it, like I say, it was not founded on all people. It was not founded on the African American. It was not founded on slavery. It was not founded on those who were slaves. It was for free men, and we know back in that days, black men were not free. So, like we say, since then, you know, due to the slavery and the, and the racial segregation, Prince Hall was not recognized. But later on, uh, when we talk about, you know, the, the landmarks, uh, the government of the fraternity by a presiding officer, which is called a Grand Master, who is, a, is elected from a body of the craft or is a fourth land, landmark of the order. Now, this, there's a lot of wording here, but because there is two grand lodge systems, this represents the question as to which one really has the power. You're looking at power. You're looking at authority or, or, or any uh, given state or jurisdiction. In fact, if both sides decided they, that they should unite and become more than than like modern-day society and move forward with integration rather than segregation, which grandmasters are going to be willing to relinquish their uh, gavel of authority. In other words, which one is going to come out saying, I'd rather be segregated than integrated? You have that power struggle even within the grand lodges. What do you think about that? (laughs) What do you think about I want you guys to just delve in here, just, you know, Give me your thoughts on this because we think about Masons and I think about my dad and I'm thinking about all those grandfathers, grandfathers, 
uh, uncles and, and uh, nephews and brothers that was part of this, um, what, were, what was it really standing for? What was their, what was their achievement? I mean, I think that, and, and, and this is another thing that uh, as, as a Christian, and we, we, we recognize the, um, the brotherly love of all men, all men were created equal. Um, I have the the honor of uh, listening some teachings of different speakers, um, T.D. Jakes, um, of course, pastors from around the world, uh, Minister Farrakhan, and we look at the different teachings here of equality, love one another, you know, uh, continue to be uh, what we are here as a nation, I think that we need to just step back and say, okay, what's really going on in our nation? Are we at a point where uh, segregation is getting ready to pop back in here? Or is integration needing to step it up a little bit and recognize the leadership the power, the struggle, and everything that we're going through as a people, and specifically as people of color. And yes, racism is alive and well. And you know, when we think about that, and we think about all these things that take place, we look at these landmarks, okay? and what they're standing for. Already, you're looking at here, who's going to relinquish the power, the gavel? That was just one landmark. Landmark number four. Landmark 14 was the right of every mason to visit and sit in every regular lodge is an unquestionable landmark of the order. This is called the right of visitation. Okay, so this brings to mind a time in 1982 when this gentleman first visited or became active as a Prince Hall Mason. But after learning about this critically important landmark, it was, it was, it was a time when he wanted to see for, for themselves how it worked within their own jurisdiction, which was in the state of North Carolina. Now, there was no problem with him visiting other Prince Hall lodges within his own state, or in the world for that matter. But after being warned not to play with fire, he said, I wanted to see if the principle of brotherly love huh, would be honored by a white non-Prince Hall Lodge in his jurisdiction. So one night, he said, I set out to visit such a lodge. And to my great disappointment, I was denied visitation. Testing the fraternity's concept of the fatherhood of God and brotherhood of man left him with far more than a burning blister on his mind. At that time, it felt more like a dagger to the heart. See, so we're looking at the Masons, and they're contradicting themselves from the beginning as to why this, this was, was, was first initiated. So 
what do you think about that? I mean, does it dealt with the 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 issues that even as as people of color now we are that has to do even with the business world, women having struggled to have equality with pay. Uh, African men, African American men having a, a time um, getting the power or getting the businesses that they want to open and being denied that aspect. What do you, what do you, what is your take on that, Alex? It's it's just sad, you know. I mean, when you think about it, these um, the Prince Hall Masons formed because they wanted to be able to. Um, have equality, the same like the other lodges, right? But I think the problem with us is that we have to stop trying to assimilate with them. They do not want to assimilate with us. So, you know, um, we if we have a lodge, we need to just, um, you know, make it what we think it should be, not what we think they want, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was our problem then because we wanted to be um, comrades, to be friends with them. And it's not its not possible, not with all of them. There's a section of them that does not like us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. So so this is what he's saying, because there, like I say, the, the different landmarks in which the lodge, this lodge was founded, the Masons were founded, okay? Um, the different landmarks I'm saying, so um, even with the next landmark, which was landmark six, landmark 16, it says no lodge can interfere in the business of another lodge, nor give decrees to brethren who are members of other lodges. So this landmark has many of the same implications discussed uh, regarding landmark number four, where Prince Hall lodges are not going to interfere with the business of non-Prince Hall lodges and vice versa. So as for conferring degrees, which there are different degrees in the lodge, okay, Uh, as for conferring degrees to members of other lodges, this can take place provided the members uh, um, resign from his current lodge. It's it's mind-boggling what's going on within this lodge, okay? And to really understand what's going on with people, what was their mindset? What, what, what were they thinking? Um, uh, certain qualifications of candidates for initiation uh, are derived from a landmark of the order. <laughs> These qualifications that... That's- shall be a man, uh, which was discrimination against women, you didn't want the women there for sure, shall be unmulated, okay, discrimination against the handicapped, freeborn, used to discriminate against slaves in the past, and in some lodges today against African Americans, since they are the descendants of slaves, and a mature or lawful age, Ephesus added lawful age. Right. You've got these discriminations going on. You couldn't be handicapped, you couldn't be a woman, and you couldn't be African American. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you couldn't be of a certain age. Uh, that's, that's something else because uh, my daddy was, you know, you still up there and still part of the Mason. Okay? Again, this speaks more of the hypocrisy of the Masonic order. On the one hand, 
They claim to be founded on the principles of brotherly love, yet on the other hand, they discriminate when it comes to actual membership. To accommodate women, Freemasonry has for them the order of the Eastern Star. Now, I remember the Eastern Star because my mama was an Eastern Star, okay? And I'm delving back into my history, bringing back these memories of, you know, of, of the Masons. And I always thought it was something so nice, you know, and, and you'd see them dressed up in all white. And, you know, my dad would be dressed up in his regalia with the, with the Masons, and I thought it was just something, you know, when we were kids, we just think, oh, man, this is really cool because there were so many people. Um, my dad had an organization that was a, 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 a music group called the Ogden Corlears, and a number of them were part of the in crowd, you might say, that hung around with my dad and my mom. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because you think about this, when you think about the, the, how the Masonic order was hip, hypocritic, hypocritical, you know, um, there are so many things that were going on, and other female um, appending bodies, what they call appending bodies. So as for the handicapped, though, there is no accommodation, unless, of course, the physical handicap resulted from becoming a Mason, okay? If you could, you're a Mason and something happens to you while you're a Mason, then you're okay. And, of course, as we have mentioned, uh, to accommodate the blacks, there's the separate drinking fountain of the Prince Hall, Prince Hall Masonry. So all, we think about all these things. Oh, then also it makes you wonder if in some of these lodges, being a descendant of slaves disqualifies one from Freemasonry, then how is it that there are so many Masons who are Jewish? Okay. Let's delve into that one. Oh, we're hitting on to something here, y'all. We're hitting on to something here, okay? What's really going on? Okay? Well, you got to think about it, though. Go ahead. You got to think about it. Who are the founding fathers of this country? They are Masons, right? Yes. Think about how Washington and the Pentagon, how that whole area is set up. It's based on Masonic ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Who built the George Washington Bridge and who, he was a Mason, right? It's just, it's, they are the, the original white Masons of this country are the ones who found, the, who, who found this country, you know, put their name on it. Let's, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then who are their ancestors? When you think back to those times, the oppressors were predominantly Jews. They were the ones that were trading slaves. They were Masons, if you look back at it. Yeah, exactly, because like I was stating earlier, they they, um, they were, you know, Masons who, who, um, who um, um, were back, Almost 500 years ago, but there were there were guilds of masons who, who traveled all through Europe, uh, laying the stones of the great Gothic, all those Gothic cathedrals that were built in Europe were built, and the stones 
were laid by masons. That's where you get masons. There's actually a, a, a classification within the contractor's life, state license board where you're classified as a mason. Masons means that you're a bricklayer. You lay stone, okay? That's how it happens. It, it, it means, but then it, when I was saying earlier, it means sharing the values of our nation's founding father who at that time believed in the brotherhood of man uh, who were firmly rooted in the Constitution of the United States and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It meant becoming a better person, okay? A better person, really? Really? It meant forming deep and lasting relationships that transcend the boundaries of race, religion, and culture, as well as those of geography. So if that was built back then, if that was the foundation of what it was built, you know, then what happened? Lazy. Lazy. That was aside. Exactly. 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 Our founding fathers were building it on a facade. So let's let's delve in a little more. Lisa, are you there? You can chime in too. Okay. Lisa's just listening. <laughs> That's okay. All right. But we've listened to this and we look at these things that's going on. Okay. So now look at this. The equality of all masons are another landmark. The equality, okay of all masons was, a, was another landmark. And this is landmark number 22. Here you have grand lodges like the state of Nevada making such claims as they do in a booklet they, they issue titled Freemasons, A Way of Life. Check this out. The fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man are two of the fundamental truths upon which our civilization is built. Freemasons encompasses both, but emphasizes the brotherhood of man through the practice of brotherly love, relief, and truth. Brotherly love in the Masonic sense is more than the congenial bond of goodwill and understanding that exists between a close friend. It is, rather, genuine tolerance and charity toward all men, which affords a basis for mutual respect between men, in spite of their device backgrounds, creeds, ideals, and codes of conduct. Now, one would think that this is um, consistent with the following statement made by uh, Joel Springer, which was a, a, pre a president of Masonic um, uh, philanthropist of society. He says, we have all been taught the, that free masonry regards no man because of his worldly honors, nor does Freemasonry regard men because of their race, color, religion. I'm, I'm almost stop right there because it's contradicting right there. Ethnic origins or their sexual orientation. It is only essential that a man be good and true. To be a good Mason, it simply does not matter if a man is black or white, Hispanic or Asian, Christian, Jew, Muslim, or Hindu, gay or straight. Now, this was quoted back in 2002. 2002. 
However, both statements are arguably more consistent with the Masonic worldview of, of morality, which states that Masonry teaches the practice of all good morals, leaving the interpretation of right and wrong to the individual conscience. Yet, this also brings to mind, okay, while practicing Freemasonry, when this gentleman had sat in a lodge meeting with several of the white Masons who shared that because of racism within their respective jurisdictions, they decided to demit from their lodge and become members of Prince Hall Masonry. They argued that only Prince Hall Masonry fully honored this principle of brotherly love. Whenever a Mason demits or, 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 or disassociates from a regular non-Prince Hall Lodge to become a Mason of the, of the Prince Hall Lodge, he is usually given a small ceremony where he affirms the oath of a Master Mason. This ceremony is called a Masonic healing. But however, Prince Hall or non-Prince Hall, there are some Masons who would argue there are black men in some lodges. Therefore, there is no racism in, in the Masonic. Now, such logic lends itself more to the tokenism rather than the fact. So conversely, no one can say there are no black men in some lodges. Therefore, all Masons are segregated. Uh, it's, it's, it's really mind-boggling what's really going on here. <laughs> and I, I, I wonder really what type of organization is the Masonics? What, what really is this, this organization? Um, you can hold in here, Alec. Uh, really, what, what's really happening here? What can well, you say? At this point, it's, it's established itself as a corporation, right? So mm-hmm. people were um, in these lodges they, because, you know, all of the money that goes into the lodge is used to fund things for the members, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. So it's, a, it's more like a corporation today and, and also um, still holding on to its original roots of a fraternity-type order. So it's a group of people who have who, um, collectively put their finances together and and they're able to um, support each other through this lodge system, right? They they network with business and other things. That's what the lodges are really today. But the original lodges, you know, starting back before they were established here in the United States, you got to think about the Rosicrucian Lodge. That's another lodge of the Grand Order. Those people were people who claimed purportedly that they were uh, descendants or yeah descendants of the Knights of Templar who were support, supposedly people who took the holy bones of I think Jesus they had Jesus's bones that they found and they were keeping it and that's where this whole Masonic thing kind of developed because you remember they went to um, Europe and they were working these Knights of Templar they were working in the Vatican and. They were their trades were like you said masons builders and things like that. Then it came here, trickled over through um, you know uh, the English European people that were brought here to you know to live or settle. It was brought here, 
And then, you know, blacks, they brought us here as slaves, and then we kind of, I think, uh, just took on this culture because we saw in it the best things of it, and that's what we wanted to have, right? We just didn't understand at that time that they, they didn't want us. So like we always do when they don't want us, we form our own thing. And um, coming back to present day, you know, this is just a, like a festering sore that we've had going on for centuries now. And we, uh, the lodges today, the black lodges, if it's a corporation, come together, do your own thing, don't pay attention to what those people, don't try to be accepted in it. You know, I, I'm i like this. If I go into a store to buy something and people treat me bad, I'm not going back to that store anymore. And I think that's what Prince Hall Lodges should do. If, you know, you can't keep wanting to assimilate with them. Exactly, because like I was saying before, you know, that like this view, this view is from, you know, a, 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 a gentleman who's a black mason, you know, and like I said before here about the Prince Hall's, they're saying that um, when I said that uh, such lodges, you know, it depends on the, the tokenism, that when they said that there are no black men in some lodges, therefore all lodges are segregated. But if active masons would be honest, they would affirm that both of these statements were, were untrue. Yet, even if they are not honest, we know that, that they are not true based on the personal testimony of some people who are worried Freemasons. Uh, like earlier, I was talking about the, the Masonic racism was given uh, based on the one gentleman's experience as just being a black Mason. But then there's an experience of, 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 of a former Mason who was not black. He's a white man who was speaking about his experience as a white Mason practicing in, uh, in the state of in Oklahoma. He said that racism is rampant. Over half the members that he met were openly announced that they re- resigned the day that on. The N-word sets, you know, sets his foot in, in, a, in an Oklahoma lodge. Raci- racism or, or racist jokes were commonplace just before or even after a Masonic function. And one of um, uh, their past grandmasters even made racist jokes uh, at a district meeting where they said, we are not even a little bit selective about the white people we let into the lodge. In Oklahoma, if you are white and are not of America's most wanted, hello, then some lodge will let you in. I personally know as a lodge junior, Warden, who, uh, he's a lodge junior warden, who uh, was renowned uh, in his town as an alcoholic and white feeder, he was widely known as such when initiated passed, and raised, and then elected to office. That that right there, okay, that right there is really mind-boggling. You let a white beater, an alcoholic, be elected into into your organization and put into position. And this is not at all accepted an exception in Oklahoma. In fact, the bulk of attending Masons, that, uh, those that show up, that is, uh, are usually from the lower end of society. They are the poorly educated, bigoted, and often ignorant. I know of past masters that won't keep a job. 
past masters that are renowned for their uh, belligerent attitude, etc. They seem perplexed that the few members in the lodge that have some community standing, uh, being they a teacher, a doctor, wherever, lawyer, whatever it is, don't show up for these meetings. Well, I can understand why they don't want to show up to these meetings. When you got all these people, the low-class bigots and all these ignorant folks attending the lodge, I wouldn't want to be there if I was a doctor, lawyer, teacher. Would you want to be there? They don't show up to these meetings. Well, it's because they are embarrassed to be seen with their large brothers. He says, I'm also not talking about one or two incidents. He says, in my entire district, there are maybe six to eight masons that I would not be ashamed to have, that I would not be ashamed to have showed up at my job. I had one uh, past master uh, show at my office on one occasion, having worn the same clothes for several days. And when I joined, not one person that, uh, that um, assigned my petition even know, uh, know me, knew me at all. Uh, I asked friends and coworkers, and none have ever had my inquiries about my character or anything like that. Frankly, none in the lodge cared as long as I was willing to pay. Here we go. Pay due, but maybe it's different elsewhere. We lead a man to believe that he will learn great philosophical truths. This is what originally attracted this individual to the masonry, as I have, uh, as he has always uh, been a student of philosophy. Yet, the teachings of masonry are the most mundane and commonplace lessons that virtually all men have already heard elsewhere. He says, when we charge a man for degrees in which he learns lessons that he already knows that we are, in, in, in effect, defrauding him. You, you're teaching somebody, you tell, you're teaching somebody one and one, and one to, plus equals two, and you wait till he's 99 and say, no, now, you know that one and one equals two, okay? Frankly, he says, few Masons, and these are Oklahoma Masons, take it seriously. Even those who are members, the degree, the degree work frequently don't even know the meaning of the words uh, they memorize. And there's a, there's a decree that they, they, they say. But they say, frankly, masonry is not evil. It's not a, a conspiracy either. It is simply, and at least in, in Oklahoma, a club for old men and rednecks to go to and to give each other important sounding titles. And that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. But then you ask about that. Okay, then what about Freemasons connected with the KKK? I was just going to say something about that. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Alice. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I'm going to delve into that right quick. <laughs> I was, I was the, the, if you think about the Masons, right, they have rituals. They have a grandmaster mm-hmm. and right? Yep. And what does the KKK do? Same thing. Yes, yes. And they're made up of bigots and they're made up of white beaters and they're made up of of, of people who, you know, uh, are 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 stone cold racists. Okay? Um a formal a former Confederate general and a Freemason, Nathan uh, Bedford Forrest, 
He founded the KKK. Okay? Nate Bedford Forrest founded the KKK and served as its first imperial wizard. Okay? Now, Albert Pike held the office of Chief Justice of the KKK while he was simultaneously sovereign grand commander of the Scottish Rite Southern Jurisdiction of the Masons. Pike's racism was well known, and he expressed his concept of the Mason Brotherhood succinctly, okay? In other words, you guys had something in common. He says, I took my obligation to white men, not to Negroes. When I have to accept Negroes as brothers or leave Masonry, I'm going to leave it. Some believe Pike concocted the ritual for the original KKK. That is amazing. But then not. We think about our world and what we're going through and everything that is being transpired and as we learn more about being a Mason, what it is to be a Mason. And I'm sure later on, as we delve into more about what it is to be a Mason, um, you still have your segregation. You still have your black lodges. I'm not familiar too much, and we'll delve into that maybe at a later time, exactly what Masons or what lodges are integrated. Are there any that are integrated? Um, it's something to really think about because we think about this too. Um, there's a source that talks about Christianity and the American Freemasons. And the author, which is uh, William uh, Whalen, he states that the roles of Prince Hall Masonry included a member of distinguished African Americans, such as former Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, fellow, Julian Bond, national chairman of the NAACP, former mayor of Atlanta and former U.S. ambassador of the United Nations to Andrew Young, the Reverend Al Sharpton and Mega Wiley just to name a few. Now, each of these men contributes a significantly and just they contribute significantly to the success of the civil rights movement. We know that in America in the 60s. And as a result, they helped to make this country what it is today in terms of the progress of racial harmony. In the words of Dr. Martin Luther King, though he was not a Mason, okay, Dr. Martin Luther King was not a Mason, they helped, okay, to build a great nation. However, can the same be said of their white Masonic counterparts? counterparts? No. Believe it or not, none of these black Masons that are, were mentioned would be allowed to visit any white Mason lodge in this country then, nor many today. So that tells us right now that there are some lodges that are Masons that will not allow people of color into their lodge, which means that they are what? A KKK simulation. But didn't the Civil Rights Act of 64, which Dr. King uh, championed, uh, uh, abolished 
separated, but equal segregation from, from institutions in our country. So why hasn't it been abolished in the institution of the Freemasonry? Why is it still having this battle uh, after more than 40 years later? What's going on? Well, we, one theory is the infiltration of and the influence of the KKK, which has had a Freemasonry after it became uh, more secluded. But you know, subsequently, the Klan membership had embedded and flowed and, and rose up in there. You know, and, and, and it, it rose, it rose and falls over the years, but it has managed to raise its ugly head from time to time ever since its inception. Now, the fact that some of the founders, revivers, and current members of the KKK were or are also Freemasons, can, now that, that can't be denied, okay? Many of its earlier leaders were also high-ranking officers in the Confederate Army in the U.S. Civil War, okay? There is so much to be learned, so much to be understood. When we, we, when we think about racism today and what's really going on into nations, we have those secret cells. Now, we talk about secret cells. Now, we're so busy worrying about the, the you know, ISIS and and their secret cells and, you know, the, you know every, everything that's going on within the nation. We better look at our own backyard because we have these Masons that are so integrated in the KKK where the KKK are Freemasons. And our nation is wondering why is racism so, still so rampant today? Well, we know why. There are so many things that we are, uh, um, are, are bowing down to. We need to raise our head up. We need to get to a place where there is progress. But it's, it's hard when we think about it. We need to continue to think about what we need to do to continue to make our nation great. Is our nation great? Yes, our nation is great. But it still can be better, much better. What do you think about that, Alex, before I wrap it up? Maybe I'll have the chief come on if he feels better. Our chief was down, down for the count, not feeling well, but uh, we'll love him. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a serious topic. It's just, um, you know, the, the Masons are a group of people that we, um, you know, they're controlling our government. And... That's the thing that we have to get grasped of, you know, is that these Masonic people control the whole government, even on the black side, as you mentioned, uh, quite a few names in politics. And why is that so? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the question was asked, how can the nation be great if you have all of these racists prevailing? And that's, that's a heavy question, because how can we be great? We think about those who are trying to make it great, those who are, who are trying to do their best within the political realm, our communities, our states. Um, but it's, 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 a hard, it's a hard thing to chew. It's a hard thing to chew. Um, but you know what? I think it starts individually, which 
still it's going to take us a, a long time from because uh, it wasn't too too long everybody it hasn't been too long since racism and and slavery was abolished okay we got to think about that we have a long road to go um like it says as if refusing to acknowledge the members of some of these fraternities uh, as fellow frats brothers is, isn't bad enough. But, you know, we could say I'm sure everyone would agree that it's just a crying shame for racism within this type of fraternity to cause one brother to kill one another. It, it, it's, really, it's really a hard thing. And like I said, you know, a key measure of the lingering racism within this type of fraternity is the slow and gradual recognition of this Prince Hall masonry by white American Grand Lodges. This did not begin, like I said, until 89 when the the Grand Lodge of Connecticut finally passed the first resolution of Prince Hall, uh, recognizing it here in America. Now, that's over 200 years after the UGLE granted Prince Hall the warrant to officially operate in this country. So 200 years it took for recognition. What's worse is the fact that it wasn't until July 14, 2001, that the white Shriners finally recognized Prince Hall Shriners, despite the landmark U.S. Supreme Court case in August of 29, which declared Prince Hall Masonry and its Shriners as being legitimate. But in the state of North Carolina, where this person made, we made a Prince Hall Masonry, it did not finally recognize or occur until September 2008, 20 years after Connecticut's proposal. Dr. King once challenged America to avoid the tranquilizing drug of gradualism when it comes to correcting racial injustice. In the case of Freemasonry, it appears that, you know, uh, their former fraternity seems to have overdosed on this socially legal drug. It's, it's really uh, something that we, we're looking to, I don't know, deal with. Is something to deal with or we can, you know, say, well, what, what can be done? It's, it's a tough one. It's a tough nut to crack, you might want to say. Uh, looks like we have Chief on the line. Are you there, sir? Are we feeling better? Well, greetings, my sisters. How are you this evening? Very good, very good. Um, heavy topic tonight. It's a good topic. I know there's so much more that we can really understand and learn about the uh, the Masons, I think. But what do you think? Because I'm, I'm looking at the history and everything that from the time it originated to even today, um, that it has a, a, a really stronghold um, and showing its ugly head when it when it comes to racism. It's a key. It's a key area right there. Okay, part of your question got cut off. Um, that that's figured to happen. Um, first of all, let me just say this, and please excuse me if I don't have my tempo up where I usually have it. And, uh, but I am coming back into full strength. And uh, I definitely want to commend you and Sister Alex for the subject matter uh, this evening. And it's very courageous of you guys to 
take the steps to where you're going. And this is a very informative message, and there should have been more Masons listening to this call tonight and calling in and talking upon this subject matter, especially the black Masons, for which uh, I know a lot of them. Of course, I've gone to school with them, some of my friends, relatives, whatever. And, you know, from what I know of it, I mean, I've even, they've even tried to recruit me on several different, like several different people tried to recruit me, mainly Christian preachers. And, you know, the Masonic order can only go up to 33 degrees. And why is that? What happens to the other two-thirds? You see, the other two-thirds was, is the manifestation of the black man here in America. That's reserved for us. We complete the whole circle of 100 degrees of knowledge. They can only take it so far. You know, they stole this knowledge from Egypt, which is the seat of civilization a few hundred years ago. And when they found what they call secrets, it wasn't secrets to us because we didn't have secrets in Africa. They took the knowledge of, 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 of music. They took the knowledge of science and mathematics. And then they kept this to themselves. And they took it into Europe. And then this is where they formed the Masonic Order. And amongst other things, that may go off a subject matter if, if I were to bring that up. But they've held these secrets in the Masonic Order under the Christian Church as as well, because it, it is majority of your Christian ministers are, are, are Masons. Just about all of your politicians are Masons. Every president of the United States has been a Mason, except for about one or two. The founding so-called fathers of this country. I, I even hate to call them founding fathers because there are people already here. So they definitely didn't found it, find it. So we can call them the, the founding thieves of America were Masons. And they were slaveholders and they were long, uh, landowners as well. And so you had mentioned something earlier too about uh, if a Mason, can you be like a handicapped person and be a Mason? Even in their writings, I have their books, and it says in their lessons, can a man with a wooden leg become a Mason? And the answer is no, because you're not considered a whole man if you have a wooden leg. Mm -hmm. So if you do have some form of abnormalities, you cannot become a Mason because you're not considered to be a whole man. Now, this whole thing about white mason, black mason, yes, we know who founded the white masons, and um, they formulated this whole thing as a sort of like a cultish-type club. And this cultish-type club is was formulated to keep the knowledge of the secrets that they found in Egypt and to rule the entire world. The, the Masonic order is at the highest orders of politics, is at the highest order of business and finance from, from Wall Street, from uh, your leaders of the world, the secret societies, those who select the presidents of the United States, 
those who are uh, uh, judges, they all must be, majority of police officers as well. If you get stopped on the freeway in the streets for some type of traffic infraction, you throw the signal on the cop, they have to let you go. Yep, you cannot get a ticket if you are a mason. If you're standing on the street and you need a ride, you lean one arm up against the pole, put the other arm behind your back, stand on the square, and another mason is obligated to pick you up on the street. Now, the white masons, they control. They control the destiny of this country and, and, and their world, as they call it, <clears throat> in politics and religion and, and economics. And if you're a part of that system, you can proceed ahead and get um, financing done for projects and loans and film projects or, or whatever. And then if you, you can fall into other cultish-type things that can make you a superstar in, in other endeavors, whether it's sports or, or, or entertainment. But those things have short lives written to them. This is why you find these entertainers coming up with short lifespans because those contracts that they have they become billionaires. They come to an abrupt end because their time is up or they wanted to get out of it prematurely and it came to a deathly end. These black masons, I pity them. Because these cats, and I know them, and know who they are, they know me, and they come together, they get together at their meetings, and all they do is get drunk. That's all they do. They don't have an agenda. They don't have an agenda to, like uh, the Black Panthers, to maybe uh, help feed the, the black children or have an after-school program or something like that. They don't do things like that. What do they come together for? is to have drunk or get drunk or have a crab feed or, or, or some other type of nonsense. They, 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 they don't do anything that they can say that, hey, we are doing this for the community. They, they, they are very prideful with their secrets, their handshakes and, and whatever. And, but, but what's the benefit of it? <clears throat> A, a, a mason gave me an application one time to fill out. I looked at it. And where does the application go? To Haiti. Why would the application have to go to Haiti? What's there? The seat of witchcraft. Voodoo. Exactly. So what are they really, really into? And <clears throat> they profess to be Christians. So is there secrets in the eyes of God on this earth? Come on. The, God, the creator, and the original man on this earth, there were no secrets. There were no boundaries. This land is my land or yours. We all shared in everything together. But when they came along with their cults and their secret societies, then they started putting up walls. They started putting up boundaries. This is mine. This is yours. And guess what? Now I own you. Guess what? Now I own the currency of the world. That's your Rothschilds. 
who who are the who are the orchestrators or the currencies of the world. Now they control the politics. In order to be the president of the United States, you have to go before the Bilderberg Group, which is a Masonic organization. The Bilderberg Group is the ones who select the presidents of the United States <coughs> and the, the presidents of any other countries. You have to pass the smell test. And so that's why when you say a great nation, then who is this a great nation for? Absolutely, it is a great nation for some, but it is not a great nation for all. And that's why this show tonight is very informative. It's just we as, as black folks, we just need to stop following the tricks, the deception of the past 400 years since we've been uh, brought upon into this country. I mean, nothing that we have been taught has been favorable in the eyes of the Lord. Not the the secret societies, not the religions that you profess to be on Sunday mornings, because this is all a part of it as well, the, the whole Masonic thing. They created all of it. And... What we have to do as as black folks here in America is we have to learn how to work amongst each other and build up our economic bases. You guys have heard me say this before. If you're going to be a Mason or a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew, that's your business. But when it comes to nation-building time for our people, at least we can come together collectively as a people. But watch what you believe in. Watch in what you worship in. Be careful of these secret organizations, secret societies, passwords, signals, emblems, because none of this, none of this is accepted in the eyes of the creator of man on this earth, those of us who represent goodness. Nothing should be a secret. If we're going to do something, we do it, and we help out as many people as we can. That is the greatest charity, is the greatest gift that one can do by helping those who need help not becoming part of some secret society because in the end, your secret society is going to come crumbling down upon you because it has nothing to do with the creator of the heavens and the earth. It has something to do with the opposite side of a righteous God, the counter effect. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're here at T25 Seattle Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roslyn's Corner. Of course, we always want you to go to our website at www.t25cl.com. Visit our website. Look at the listen to the great music. Support our independent artists. Download the music. We've got great music on there. You know, support your independent artists. And even if you're an independent artist, 
Looking for a global distribution, T25CL, of course, is the avenue for you. Um, I, I wanted to I wanted to just delve in just um, before we close out our show because I know Alex is still there. Alex, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Uh, one one quick question before I, I have you give your last comments because uh, when you had mentioned that um, uh, the Masons is a secret society, um, there were some things when I was doing my research here that they said that the Masons are not a secret society, but however, because masonry rules uh, and their values, uh, they value confidentiality and trust, uh, many of its rules and rituals are secret except to the membership. Now, when you think about the rites and rituals, well, what comes to mind? You know what comes to my mind when you think about that? You talk, you're talking about cults. When you talk, think about rites and rituals, what do you think, Alex? Well, I mean, I think it's just like a, a bunch of hocus pocus. It's something that's used to try to control the masses. You know, they um, they put out a, I think what I like a subliminal message that they're putting out uh, to control the masses. and and um, you know how someone tries to con you, so they put these words that we're we're uh, loving brothers, we're this, we're that, but it's just a con, you know. It's a cover up. It's not what their true intent is. I don't think. Yeah, because you know, it says, you know, you know, when he, when they talk about uh, being a part of the Masons, committing yourself to the code of moral ethics, they talk about. Uh, the Freemasons that built upon uh, three basic rules, brotherly love, relief, whatever that means, and truth. Uh, brotherly love is the practice of the golden rule. Relief embodies charity and of all, to all mankind. And truth is honesty, fair play, and adherence to the cardinal rules. But does it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because like uh, Andre was saying, you know, you're, you're, you you got to look out for this stuff. You got to look out for the for the cults and and those who are trying to uh, dissuade you from from uh, you know, or trying to get you into uh, their organization into their. It is a secret society, you know. Even though they try to practice um, you know cardinal virtues and, and and selfless giving and and not looking for anything in return and. And things of that nature, but yet and still they want your money. You got to, you got to put some money in here to to be a part of the a part of the a part of the rule. Why does that to be a secret in order to help prevailing man to to deliver all these attributes? Why does it have to be a secret? Exactly, 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 exactly. And see, that's why you know when I I when I was like I said when I was a young kid and I was so. I'm kind of proud of my dad. Oh, he's part of a, 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 a the mason. And, you know, and he's got rings and you got people coming over and they sit down and have their meetings. They send us to our room, but, you know, they have their meetings and, and then, uh, you know, they go out. And, and my, my mom, she was an Eastern star, too, you know, and they go to their meetings. And, and as kids, we don't really understand. We do not understand what our parents are a part of. Of course, later on, he got out. My mama got out. They got out of it, you know. Um, but 
as you get older and you under, you try to understand, okay, well, really, what is that? Because I still have my dad's ring. I still have my dad's sash, you know, from, from when he, you know, was part of it. And I always want to understand, what is it really to be amazing? And when we brought it up uh, last week and when you, you know, said this is a show, I, I said, really, I really need to understand what it was that they were a part of. And now I see. And your eyes are open to really what was going on and why so many want to get out. Because like you said, uh, Andre, when they meet, there is no structure, there is no planning, there is no adherence to how to make their, their life better, their family better, their community better, their cities, their state, their country. All is just a good old boy's society. Here's the reason they get drunk. Because uh, every time I see them, they they go to their meetings, they go to the to the damn uh, bar up here on Shattuck, and they go in there and getting blitzed. And then, if anything, the only the only thing that's not a secret is they're trying to sell you a ticket to a crab feed. So, well, what does this have to do with any of these children that are in South Central LA or even East Oakland or, or West Oakland? That, that are not getting nourishment, that are needing clothing and, and needing uh, guidance from a father. Where are they with, with these sort of things? So what is it that you have to keep a secret? And, and the white Masons don't even respect the black Masons. No, no. They're totally, totally separate. And the, the the black ones, their their thing is just to get together and, and have a drink, but the white ones is to get out here and rule over six billion people on the planet. It's a big difference, and it's a reason why theirs was created, and then there's just another reason why the black one was created. The real masons are cutting deals every day, all day long, trillions of dollars, billions of dollars. But the black ones, they up here acting a fool over a damn $3 glass of whiskey. But the white ones are ruling the planet. They up here right now <clears throat> deciding who is going to be the next president of the United States. And the one thing that Trump has done, he has made white people feel proud again. You know, they have felt pretty bad suppressing their anger, suppressing racism. They've had to to suck it in these days because they don't know when they're getting recorded or anything like that, and somebody's going to put them out on mass media or the news or something like that, and they might lose their job or some other type of retribution. So they've had to conceal these inner frustrations for quite some time. And now that Trump is out here on the forefront, they're saying, holy crap, we, we, we can shapeshift now. We can be ourselves. We got somebody out there now that's speaking for us, and we don't have to conceal the secret or our identities anymore. 
we can come right out and call it just like it is and fear no retribution. And so it's going to be interesting. And um, one thing that you guys ought to study and maybe have another show on is called the Nassara Law. Nassara Law. N-E-S-A-R-A, Nassara Law. Okay. Which is something that's going to happen. But the contents of Nasara Law, I kind of agree with. And it's sort of like it's going to be a shift in everything that's happening. That's why I keep telling people when they want to have these presidential conversations, I tell them, I just have a feeling that President Barack Obama, I believe that in my in my heart that he is the seal of the presidency of the United States. I believe that he will probably be the last one. And I think that everything that you see now is just a dog and pony show because something major is going to happen between now and the end of the year. And if so, that major event could be the Nasser Law or, holy crap, people calling during a radio show. That's a no-no. Or we can get into that other galaxy subject that uh, something's going to happen that's going to make a real divine event or major change on this planet. Do you remember that, that uh, show that Blair Underwood was in when he was president of the United States? Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the show. But... Uh, the event. Mm-hmm. One of the heaviest shows ever in the history of television. And the last show of the season really left you with a cliffhanger. And it's something that we talk about in our private conversations, but there are groups around now that are talking about this, this event sort of thing. And it's, it's, this sort of evil just can't keep manifesting itself on this planet. And it's going to have to come to an end. And it's like I keep telling you guys that no law is going to change this by any government or any Republican or Democrat. No new legislation, no city council no senator, no congressman is going to fix this problem here in this country and the world. It's going to take an off-planet solution to solve it all. Now, you call it what you want to call it. You can call it God. You can call it an alien, an extraterrestrial. But the only way for these problems to be solved is going to have to come from off-planet. 
mm. and this wickedry is going to have to be ultimately eliminated. You know how in the scriptures it says there's going to have to be a separation between the sheep and the goat? Mm-hmm. Right. That goat has straight hair and the sheep has curly hair. It's going to take an all-planet solution, not a voting booth. To us here that's listening all over the world, that this voting ballot is not going to do a thing for us. Nothing changes for black folks. It don't matter if it's a Democrat, Republican, or Independent. It doesn't matter who's there. The same situation will prevail. The same thing. And it's just time for a new day. Yes, yes. Now, that's the key word. It's time for a new day. Well, I want to thank everyone for for joining us. Thank you, Alex, for joining. Do you have any last comments, uh, Alex, before we close out? I just wanted to say to Andre that that other world event is a whole nother show in itself. Exactly. I know it. That's why I said it's got to be for another show, and it's time for us to have it. I've been putting it off for a while, but it's time to bring it on home. I mean, I've even had... Uh oh. Did you lose your chief? Uh oh. Alex, you there? Yeah, I think we lost the chief. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Oh, there you are. You're back. Am I? You're back. Well, well, right. well, with these type of subject matters, they're going to start messing with, with the lines now. Because as soon as you called on me about 20 minutes ago, things started going crazy. Mm, yeah, we, we understand. We understand. You know what? You're right. Yep. Yep. Because we need need the knowledge, we need the understanding, and we need to be open and teachable to what's going on around us. We can't be blindsided or just have blinders on and not see or try to understand what's going on around us because, you know, what it says, uh, the lack of knowledge, we die for the lack of knowledge. And those are the things that we need to continue to understand. What, whatever we are, we need to come to a common ground or know that I don't care if you're, like they say, Christian, Islam, Buddha, China, I don't care what you are, Catholic, I don't, know what, I don't care what you are. The thing of it is we need to come to a common ground for the, for the, um, for the uh, survival of a people. And we need to understand that. I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. you have any last words, Chief, before we sign off? No, if I start issuing some last words, we'll go for another hour. (laughs) (laughs) But we need to pick it up on 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 another show. We need to pick up the Sarah Law. We need to pick up on the off-planet situation. And... um, we got to get, this is why we're Galaxy Radio. And, and we're going to, yes, and the thing of it is what we're going to do also is we're going to tap into our space people. We need yeah. to get them online. We need to get them online, and we need to get the other people, you know, online as well. Um, because this Masonic uh, as well, the Masons, is, uh, you know what? It's going to tap right, up, right in there 
and falling in line because that's what this is all about. And um, I think that's what we're going to do. Maybe not the next show, but we're definitely going to do it the following show. All right, we'll do it. So, uh, exactly. So, Alex, thank you for hanging in there, my girl. Thank you. Thank you. Great show. All right, all right. Well, let all right, me... Alex, I'll see you soon. Okay. All right, you've been here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roswell's Corner. Of course, the show has been recorded, and everybody, I know you're going to have some questions, some comments. You're going to want to know more about this, Okay. There's millions of people out there who have people who have been or family members who have been in Masonic or have been Masons and also have other questions and comments and would like to know a little bit more, little bit more about what is really going on in our world and what are we doing to make it better because it needs some help. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you. Of course, we have our shows on Monday through Friday. Monday comes in politics with Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. On Tuesdays with my girlfriend Barbara McGee and her co-host Rodney Best uh, with a Straight Talk from the Higher Brush from the Penthouse. Uh, of course, my show is on Wednesday and Thursday. We have Dr. Nanono Quaco and Corey Jeffries uh, with Soul Vibrations. And, of course, we got my girl, Sandra Keys, who's bringing it home with keys to the kingdom. We want to thank everyone for joining us, and we want to say, tell everyone good night. Good night, Chief. I hope you feel better, sir. All right. See you soon. All right. Alex, thank you. All right. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Peace. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.